0: Welcome to Mental Status. This is your host, Meg. In today's episode, we are talking about some of the um, the less helpful thoughts and beliefs that we have about ourselves that may contribute to burnout. And I like to offer some, some positive reframes to those unhelpful thoughts. Super excited for this episode. Let's get ready and let's dig in. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to Mental Status. This is Megan, or Meg, or M—I don't care what you call me; doesn't matter. Uh, let's move forward. Okay, so for day, today's episode, um, I wanted to talk about the belief systems that may contribute to burnout, and so what I want to say about this one is that. This is definitely more individually focused. I know in some of the earlier episodes, I keep on wanting to call these sessions. They're not sessions. Um, (laughs) Anyways, in the earlier episodes, I was talking about, you know, recognizing that burnout has both individual as well as institutional and systemic influencing factors. And for today's episode, I want to focus a little bit more on the individual because when you are uh, like actively burned out or actively on your way to burnout more often than not it is the individual aspect of things that is closest to your control that's that's the easiest thing to start working on first uh, until you get some of that energy or time and space to start working on the institutional and organizational and systemic influencing factors for burnout. So that's why today we are focusing on the individual aspect, at least one part of the individual aspect, which is thinking a little bit and identifying some of the belief systems and the thoughts that may be contributing to burnout. So what I'll say about this is, as with pretty much every episode that I'm gonna have, I'm not covering an exhaustive list of potential beliefs that you may have, or thoughts that may cross your mind that are contributing to burnout. But they're coming more from my experience and the experience of people who I've worked with and people that I've talked to about burnout. So we can get started. Um, And before we do, what I I want to say about these thoughts and these belief systems is it's important that when we start evaluating our own line of thinking around being a therapist or being a helper, it's super important that we extend ourselves the same kinds of non-judgment that we extend to the people that we're helping. So it just because we're therapists or mental health workers or case workers, social workers, advocates, like just because we have those job titles doesn't mean that we are somehow not going to experience the full range of human emotions that everybody else does or that it's somehow wrong for us to experience those things or that we are bad therapists or incompetent therapists or whatever you want to say, if and when we experience these things. So it's important to start at least beginning that cultivation of non-judgment toward the self. And usually the way that I try to frame that is, If you start to feel some kind of way when I'm talking about these things, just notice it. Notice how you feel. So if what you're feeling is attacked by my words, notice that. If you are feeling a big sense of relief by what I'm talking about, just pay attention to it. Maybe if you're, you're in a place, you can you can conjure up some curiosity about what that means for you, that you are feeling relief or that you're feeling attacked. If, if these conversations bring up deep sadness or cynicism, or, you know, you, you meet these words with just numbness and apathy, I'm still going to extend the invitation to you. To be curious about that and to be as non-judgmental as you're able to be about how you're feeling. Okay, so with that said, let's get into it. And with these thoughts and beliefs, I I really believe that each of these could probably have their own episode to really dive into them. So I'm not going to do a deep dive and like evaluating and picking apart each of these things, this is really the place where we can start talking about these things. Okay, so some of the most common belief systems and thoughts that I've heard and that I've had about being a helper that contribute to burnout are, one, the needs of others take priority over my own needs that's a pretty blunt way of putting it. Uh, This may also look like, I feel best about me when I am helping others, or I've always been, you know, a giver, I give to others before I give to myself. So this is one of those thoughts, and those core beliefs about the self that if left unchecked, may start to contribute to a sense of burnout because right there I mean it spells it all out you're not paying attention to you the helper the one doing the work you're constantly prioritizing other people and other people's needs and their wants and their desires and their expectations and their emotions over your own There's a time and a place for that. There is a time and a place to put more priority over what other people need. But if that is your modus operandi, if that's how you conduct your day-to-day life, that, I'm sorry, that's, you're asking for burnout. Um, I don't want to put it so, so harshly, but it's, it can be such a hugely damaging position to take To walk around with this belief that everybody else comes before you always. Okay, so the next thought or belief system that may contribute to burnout is if I don't do it, nobody else will. This, I can't say that I over identify with this thought a lot of the time. There have definitely been moments in my life and in my career where I have taken this position. And it's kind of a tricky one because a lot of the time if, if you are the person who is taking on that work because you either you're coming from the assumption that nobody will do it if you don't do it or You've witnessed that, you know, people aren't doing it as quickly or efficiently, or um, they're not doing it to the the level of quality that you think is necessary. and you take that over. You're you're sending a message to yourself and to the people around you that you're the one for the job. Even if you really only wanted to do it maybe the one time, The more you take on this perspective of it's me or else it won't get done, you're butting other people out of the process. They come to expect that you will do these things. And then all of a sudden, all of these minor little details that that you take on, well, you know, I'll do it. Nobody else is going to do it or they can't be bothered. I'll just I'll do it. So it'll get done. That adds up really fast if you're not careful. Okay, the next belief, self-care is selfish, especially when so many people are in need. So this one is, um, it's tricky. Absolutely. Because there there can be a line where self-care does become selfish in a way that is Uh, maybe not as helpful. Um, But I think that we're all, we're all, we're all too worried about crossing that line. I don't think that most of us are actually pushing up against it or anywhere near it, quite honestly. Uh, and, And the reason I think that, and, you know, please prove me wrong, if you have encountered otherwise, but the reason I believe that is because almost every person that I talk to who um, struggles with self-care and has this belief that it's selfish, you know, they're the people who are working the full-time job and taking care of the kids and running everybody to their activities and they're on a couple different boards or they are running a couple different activities and they're constantly on the go doing things for other people and when it comes time for them to take a minute slow down um, engage in a leisure activity for I don't know 20 minutes 30 minutes their mind automatically goes to this place of, well, I I should be doing, I should be doing something. I should be doing something either to be productive or to help somebody or to get something done. The, the, The dishes aren't done. The carpet's not vacuumed. The dog needs to be taken on a walk. Forget my partner over in the other room. They're watching TV. I don't want to bother them. It would be selfish of me to ask for their help, so that I could take a goddamn minute to take a shower or a bath or pluck my eyebrows or whatever the hell I need to do. It's selfish of me to need to do things for myself when I haven't completed every single other task under the sun for everybody else before I go to bed at night. Of course, it doesn't always have to be that extreme. This is just what I've, I've encountered. I've encountered those folks in my clinical work. And as colleagues, these folks who are so, they're so hard on themselves and they're, they're so, I don't know, they, they just, they take on the weight of everybody else's needs. And this this leads back into that, that first thought of other people's needs take priority over my own. They all kind of bleed into each other. So if I'm always telling myself, well, every... I need to help other people before I help myself. And if I help myself first, I am selfish. And in our society, selfish is almost automatically equated with bad. It is rude, unkind, unthoughtful, and especially for helpers, especially for people who pride themselves on helping others even the thought of being seen as rude or unkind or setting too firm of a boundary and making somebody upset it can be really scary for some folks it can be hard to set those boundaries and put ourselves first because that it it feels like it goes against our values as helpers when in actuality it's it's hurting us and our ability to do our jobs effectively. Which leads me into the next belief is that setting boundaries with others means that I am rude or uncaring. Now, talk about boundaries is really big in the mental health world right now, which is amazing. I think it's probably long overdue. And it's something that you know, for myself and for a lot of people that I've worked with, it's a very hard fought battle to get to a place where setting a boundary and sticking to it doesn't feel like you are pulling your own heart out or, you know, casting yourself in this, this awful light of, you know, you came into this world because you're supposed to help people helping shouldn't come with boundaries, which of course is nonsense. Of course, that's ridiculous. And with these, with these discussions, I may be over exaggerating, but in particular, when you're in a state of burnout, or when you are maybe not even burnt out, but you're in that excitement stage If these thoughts and beliefs are bubbling in the back of your brain as this sort of like, you know, constant hum of beliefs that inform and influence the way that you are acting in the world as a professional, the moment you try to set a boundary, if you haven't done the work to really reevaluate your own belief system around boundaries, it's going to feel bad. That's going to feel really shitty you're not going to like it. You're probably going to walk it back. Uh, you might get scared. You might feel like it was the wrong thing to do. Like, okay, so here's an example. Um, for myself, especially in my uh, my first job, I had really bad boundaries around my, my schedule and my time. And I I was internalizing the message of the program that I was working within this multi-systemic therapy where literally their motto was whatever it takes which to me translated to you don't get to have boundaries you meet the client when and where they need to meet you make it work because they depend on you their success is entirely dependent upon you as their helper which I don't know. As I'm talking, I'm just I'm having a lot of little thought bubbles pop up up in my mind about like red flag, red flag, faulty belief system, whatever. The point is, when I was in my first job, that was one of the big things that really led me to burnout in the first place was feeling like I couldn't set a boundary around my time that I had to be available. If I had an open hour, and somebody wanted it, It was gone. It's theirs. Doesn't matter if I have to drive 30 minutes to get there in traffic and then 45 minutes back, even though I could have maybe stacked those appointments more strategically so that I would have a fucking lunch hour or something like that. Like, no, at the very beginning, it was just you're available when the client needs you. If you don't have that hour open, you offer them the next available thing. If they try to cancel on you, you call them, you see what you can do to get in the door because they need you. This is probably me over-exaggerating, but that was the, that was the feeling that I got. That was the impression that I got working within that particular program and You know, I don't want to mischaracterize it. I don't want to say that MST is all about pushing the bounds, but it is a very, it's a very intense program that quite honestly, uh, if you don't have a good sense of your own personal and professional boundaries around time and energy and scheduling, it's a bumpy ride. It, that's hard and you got to learn quick or it's going to be rough. Okay, so the last, the last belief or uh, thought, thought process that I'll talk about today is the one where we tell ourselves that if I feel this way, meaning if I'm angry or exhausted or frustrated or apathetic, that must mean that I'm doing something wrong at my job or I'm not trying hard enough, or I just need to figure out my time management. I need to figure out a better way to do documentation. So, you know, those things aside, like maybe it's true that you could learn some more skills around how to be more efficient with your documentation, or it could very well be that you're awful at time management and you constantly run over on your session times that may be completely unrelated to actual time management and, you know, go back into that discussion around boundaries that you set around your time. We're not going to get into that today, but that's that's definitely an area where I've struggled too. But all that to say, if you're walking around with the belief that experiencing burnout makes you a bad therapist or experiencing burnout means that you are you are doing something wrong inherently that's a really just like that's a shitty way to feel that's not very nice we're not being nice to ourselves when we say that we're not giving ourselves any leeway to to experience Uh, the very normal emotions that come up when we work in a highly stressful field with a lot of moving parts. Like we're not giving ourselves any grace when it comes to this. And I say that uh, once again, having identified with this line of thinking, you know, thinking to myself, especially in my earlier, um, the first few months of my first job thinking, okay, so I'm really getting, I'm getting in this some kind of way that's not feeling too good. And that must mean that there's something wrong with me. There's wrong, there's something wrong with how I'm doing this therapy that if I can just figure out that part of it, I'll be good. Okay. So those are, I'll I'll call them probably the most common. Of course, like I said, not an exhaustive list of the potential belief systems or thoughts that can contribute to burnout. And the way I want to round out this episode and Um, kind of close those things off because I don't want to just like lead you into those thought patterns and then not say anything after Um, I want to offer some I guess we can call them positive reframes or thought challenges so if you found yourself identifying with with any of those thought patterns um, first of all I hope that you were able to practice that non-judgmental stance so as best as you are able trying to come at it from a place of curiosity and non-judgmentalness rather than hearing what I was saying and being like oh my god like oh that's another thing that you're doing wrong you're thinking about it wrong like of course you're burnt out that's that's not that's not where I wanted you to take it and you know what I'll be the first one to say It's okay if you took it there. It's okay. You can come back. Come on back. Come to that non-judgmental place. We're here together. We're just, we're talking about it, okay? So I want to offer a way to reframe or challenge those beliefs that, you know, if they resonate with you, I invite you to take them forward with you. If they don't sound like something you'd say to yourself, they sound like kind of hokey or weird, that's okay too. Um, maybe play around a little bit with finding your own way of thinking, thinking a little bit more nicely and treating yourself a little bit more nicely, uh, not, not beating yourself up, not being an asshole to yourself about, um, about burnout. Okay. So for that first thought, I'll take you back. The first, first thought that I talked about was, uh, the needs of others, take priority over my own so to that I will offer this this countering thought or this thought challenge which is simply you are a valuable person and you matter just as much as the people that you're helping it it it's as it's as simple as that and that can be a hard A hard thing to believe if if these beliefs that you are carrying with you come from a deeper place come from you know that childhood space or uh, a space from your earlier career or a space from within relationships that you've had it can feel weird to just tell yourself that you are valuable just because you are just because you exist and that you also matter as much as the people that you're helping so that would be my first offering to you my first reframe is trying to approach it from a space of acknowledging the value that you bring and that your needs matter as much as the needs of the people that you're helping Okay. So the next one, the, the next thought is, if I don't do it, nobody will. So the reframe that I'll offer is, um, you, you alone, you shouldn't be held to account for doing it all. And it's okay to delegate, even if those tasks that you choose to let go of don't get done perfectly it's it's okay things will still get done things will get done even if you don't do them and you you shouldn't be responsible for doing every single thing okay so the next thought or belief and this one you know again it relates It relates to that first thought that we were talking about, but it's that self-care is selfish when, when so many other people are in need, when, when so many other people need my help. So to that, what I would offer is if other people truly need your help, as much as you think and say they do, then if, if anything, you owe it to them to to help yourself so that you can be a more effective helper for them because you as the therapist as the professional helper you can have all of the skills and experience and certifications and letters behind your name but at the end of the day you you are your most valuable tool when it comes to helping. Now I, I okay, so I kind of cringe a little bit when I say that because I don't want people to think of themselves as tools. I hope you get what I'm saying here. Um, you are the most effective thing that you have when it comes to helping. You are the you are the thing that brings the help. get what I'm saying here. And I want to also go back to... I don't, I don't remember if I said it in the first episode or the second. I don't want you to take this as the excuse to participate in self-care only so that you can keep working and helping other people. That's not where I'm going here, right? Because you're a whole person who has hopefully a life that exists outside of your work. And if it doesn't, It's okay. We'll work on that. But hopefully you have something that exists outside of work. Even if it's just doing a craft, cooking something, playing with your cats, that makes it worthwhile for you to take care of yourself so that you can enjoy those things outside of work. So that you can take pleasure in the life that you have outside of the office as well as inside the office okay so the next one the next potentially harmful belief is that setting boundaries with others means that i'm rude or that i don't care blah 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 okay so what i want to say about that and what i'll offer up is boundaries are an opportunity for you they're an opportunity for you to um to honor your own integrity as a person, as a professional. And if we want to take the professional development lens on it as well, it's a way to model those things for the people that you're helping too. So if you think about it, if you're a therapist and you, you constantly run over on time with, with clients, and let me just say here, I am calling myself out. <laughs> I do this. I do this too much. I'm working on it. Okay. So if you go over on your time with clients and you're looking up at the clock and you're like, okay, we've got five minutes left. Okay. We have three minutes left. Okay. It's time. And they're still talking. I need to interrupt them, but I feel bad. What you are modeling in those moments, even if you're not super aware of it, is the fact that you don't, what do I want to say? You don't respect your own time enough to give yourself that maybe five minute break to uh, get some water go to the bathroom shove a protein bar down your throat before your next session you're communicating to the client silently that they can walk all over your time that sets you back in your schedule now you don't have time to get that water or to go to the bathroom and if you do You start feeling guilty because you're late for the next client. It's this whole, this whole chain of events, right? And it's really like, it's so easy to get caught in that, that cycle of, well, I I don't want to cut them off. They seem to be really into what they're talking about. I'd feel bad. And you're just trampling over your own boundaries and you're not modeling to this person that it's important to respect the therapy hour for what it is. It's important to respect those limits and boundaries on the time that we have together so that you can be consistent for them in that and so you can be consistent for yourself and the clients that follow, right? So boundaries are not just so that you can get some water and and take a pee. It's important for that and it extends beyond that obviously there's a lot of different areas where boundaries come into play but it also shows the people who you're working with the fair rules for engagement with you and what to expect from you and ultimately maybe some things that they could come to expect for themselves okay so the last one the uh, yeah, the last maybe harmful belief to wrap all of this up is that feeling this way means that I'm doing something wrong or that I'm not trying hard enough. So if only I could do all the things different and be perfect at my time management and my documentation and the way that I'm doing the therapy, blah, 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 like all this stuff, it's me everything's wrong with me. I just need to fix it. Okay. So what I'll say about that, what I'd like to offer to you is that even the most experienced and longest serving helpers and therapists are not immune to the stresses of this job. Those institutional stressors, those individual stressors, they're not immune to experiencing the pain of other people as they listen to these stories they're they're not immune to how frustrating it is to you know get rejected in your claims from insurance or to you know have clients constantly canceling on them and no showing on them and being bored or on the opposite side of things being overworked to the point where You know, typically they could expect a couple of no-shows or cancellations in a day, but today or this week, everybody is showing up. They don't have any time in between sessions to catch their breath. Nobody's immune to it. The sooner we can get over this idea that there are these magical therapist creatures, who have been doing this for decades, who never feel tired, never feel stressed, and never get over-involved in their work, (laughs) it's just not true. Normalize it for yourself. It doesn't matter if you've been doing the work for a year, or 10, or 40. It's a job. Jobs have stress, even if you love it, even if this is your life's calling. I have yet to meet the person who loves every single aspect of their job and doesn't feel stressed out it once. Okay? So if you're carrying around this thought that like, well I'm just doing something wrong and if I can be perfect like these other people who are, you know, making six figures and they don't they don't get stressed about documentation, they're doing the models perfectly, they have they have it all. Just stop stop being an asshole to yourself understand that you're normal understand that you're not going to do everything perfectly and that is okay there may be some things that you can change about how you're approaching the job And there may be some additional skills that you can learn over time or CEUs that can bolster your knowledge but it, it's it's not like you can, you know, turn the dial on the, the perfect meter of how you're doing a particular type of therapy or, you know, all of a sudden just be right out the gates perfect with how you manage your time and have everything just work. Life is more complex than that. It's okay. It's okay to take a look at this and be like, you know what? It's a mess. I've got some areas where I do really well. I've got some areas where I really struggle. And I'm being an asshole to myself about it. I'm thinking that I should be perfect and that I should be doing everything for everybody and that I can't say no. And that everybody needs to have their needs taken care of first before I can even eat a goddamn cookie that I made for myself last week. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I, as you can tell, I get, I get a little fired up about this. Um, because it just, it frustrates me when, when I hear these thoughts come out, like primarily because I know that they're not true. They're, they're lies that our brains like to tell us to, um, to keep us in some kind of space I haven't figured out what that space is it might be protective it might be um perfectionistic I, I don't know it's a pattern that we can learn to break and one of the first steps in breaking that pattern is being aware of it so I'm passionate about bringing awareness to this talking about it and just like get that conversation going with yourself um start to start to have conversations with yourself about how you think how you think about being a therapist or a helper like what do you believe it means to do this work what does it mean about you what does it say about you what kind of beliefs have you formed around being a helper that may not be super helpful to you in the end okay so that's what I have for you today that was a conversation on some of the I will just call them unhelpful unproductive thoughts and belief systems that might contribute to burnout once again I'll just say that's totally not an exhaustive list if you have other ideas or things that have crossed your mind or things that came up for you as you were listening to this today I want to hear it I want to know what crossed your mind I want to you know like I've said multiple times I want to start having these conversations so talk to me you know find me on Instagram send me an email tell me what you thought what came up for you did you get pissed were you like shut the hell up and stop calling me out I hate you Um, Maybe not that extreme. Or did you have a moment of like, yeah, you know, maybe I do think these things and I wasn't really aware of it, but it makes a lot of sense. So let me know. Let me know what you think. Let me know where your thoughts are. Like I said, be curious. Start those conversations with yourself. Look into it. Don't be an asshole to yourself about it we're all learning as we go. Okay, so that's the episode for today. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, If you if you like what you're hearing, um, I'll just say like, it's just me. Uh, I am recording these episodes, literally in my closet. (laughs) I (laughs) so as I'm sitting here, I'm sitting on a yoga block. I've got the microphone sitting on a little chair in front of me and I am surrounded by clothes and pillows and blankets. Like I'm having fun with it. My recording studio is my closet. It's awesome. Um, so if you like, if you like this show that I'm putting on and you find it helpful or intriguing, or if you're like, wow, this, this lady is kind of, she's kind of an asshole, but I can get where she's coming from. You know, share this with somebody who you think might benefit or honestly, send me, send me a message. It's just me. I'm, I'm here. So I'll invite you to, like I said, share this with anybody who you think might benefit. If you know somebody who might be going through burnout, if you've got some colleagues who you, you've burnout bonded with like share this with them start those conversations build a community around it you you don't have to be alone um and yeah i i just want to thank you for listening thanks for your support and i will uh i'll see you next time hey thanks so much for joining me today Uh, if you liked what you heard Feel free to hit that subscribe button on the uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, If you'd like, give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You know, that always helps. I'd appreciate it very much. If you want to connect uh, somewhere else other than on the show, you can find me on Instagram at mentalstatuspod. And you can find my website at mentalstatus.transistor.fm. Thanks.